Hello, I just wanted to drop you a really quick note. 24 hours after recording this podcast, the Bank of England dropped the base rate from 0.75% to 0.25%. When I initially recorded the podcast, there was speculation that it was going to drop by 0.25%, which I refer to in the podcast. So this is now what's happened. The base rate is at 0.25%, which means that there are some better lending options out there for you to take advantage of. But also please note that it does mean that we could be in for some rocky times in regards to the economy. So just bear that in mind over the next couple of months. I give you some tips throughout the podcast on how to manage that. So don't panic. It will be okay. But Let me introduce you to this week's podcast, a coronavirus special, so you know exactly what's going on and how to deal with it. Hello and welcome to the NC podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you want to check me out, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk for everything that I have available. There's amazing blogs. There are good property investment freebies for those of you who are just starting out and come and join my online community on Property Investment Mastery. That is in Facebook. That's a Facebook group. And come and say hi on Instagram at Natasha C. Collins. So that's where you can find me. This week, I have to weigh in on a topic that you are probably sick to death of hearing about, but everybody's been asking me about it. Natasha, how is coronavirus going to affect the property market? So this is my take. First up, I have to say, I have been one of these people who has just been going through my Twitter newsfeed and just looking at everything that's going on within the hashtags. I am in two minds about it. Firstly, I'm not commenting. I'm not getting involved because I just can't understand some opinions and some viewpoints. But also the memes that are going around about this just absolutely make me die with laughter. I love it when people put the thing of someone falling straight over on the floor and just standing there and shaking around. Obviously, that's not somebody who is dying right there of coronavirus. So anybody who thinks that that is the truth of what's happening, come on, like it's just the internet doing fake news, which it does. But don't get me wrong, there is a really serious side to this, which we do need to talk about. So the very first thing that I was asked about this week, and if you haven't seen it yet, why not take a read? Richard Murphy's blog, taxreach.org.uk. Have you seen the multiple stories going around about what Richard Murphy has advised about tax? He said that tenants should be able to stop paying rent for three months if they catch coronavirus. That's not where that blog finished. So let me just get that straight. There has been articles going around where people in the property industry have been saying, hold up, don't let this guy say anymore. He's saying that tenants shouldn't pay their tax and shouldn't pay their rent, sorry. And that's devastating. It shouldn't be on landlord's shoulders. Well, The paragraph then went on to say, 
that landlords and property owners should also have a mortgage break for the three months in which that happens. The news has then come out that banks like RBS have actually said that in the event that coronavirus or COVID-19 as it's being called takes off in takes off in the UK. I mean, spreads a little bit further and the government put the whole country on quarantine, then in that case, they might be able to have mortgage payment breaks because obviously people aren't able to go out to work. The worrying thing is, is that if everybody is on quarantine and quarantined in their house, they may not get the statutory sick pay that you are potentially potentially um, allowed to have. Statutory sick pay is just over £90 a week. If you're self-employed or you are on a zero-hour contract or you are below minimum wage, you don't get access to this, in which case you will have no money coming in at all. Now, you may be in the lucky side of things, whereby you have a really great job and the company's benefits and perks are that you get paid full time for being on sick leave, fantastic. Or maybe you can work remotely and it won't affect you at all. But what the point of this article was from Richard Murphy was that he's saying, well, what we don't want to happen is for people to come back to their homes not be getting paid during the time that they're quarantined or they're sick, then being unable to pay their rent or pay their mortgage, thus going in, getting turfed out for not paying rent or repossession proceedings commencing, in which case we go down the route of another really deep and dark recession like we were in back in 2008. I am sure the majority of you can think back to that stage. So, I repeat, he's not just saying tenants don't pay rent, landlords just pick up the cost because, you know, they've got an asset during that time which is holding its value or increasing its value. Therefore, there should be no comeuppance for landlords. He's not actually saying that. What he's saying is that there should be rent payment breaks. Fine. And in which case there should be mortgage payment breaks and that's then added to the end of your mortgage term if that's what you want. If you can keep up with your mortgage, fan-freaking-tastic. Now, again, he did write two blogs on the subject and I did go down the rabbit hole on his website of reading all of the different things. But it shouldn't be alarmist for you that that might be a suggestion that's worth considering. One thing that I... I can safely say that I don't think any of us want. If we are buying properties, we don't want those losing a huge amount of value because we slip into recession. There is nothing worse than being in negative equity, having to clamber our way out of it slowly but surely and just feeling that horrendous sense of, oh my gosh, I owe a bank more than the assets that I earn. We don't want that. So if there is a suggestions coming in which are going to help with that then definitely we need to be looking at it as a property investment industry and thinking actually what can we do if this takes off now of course there's also a huge amount of hysteria at the moment a huge um and that's had really good impacts and that's had a really bad impact. So let's go through um, some of them. First off, I know 
that the stocks and shares market crashed, well, at least dipped quite far. I am not a stocks and shares expert by any means, but I know that some of you have got in contact with me and said, hey, Natasha, I have my money in a stocks and shares ISA and the money's fallen over a cliff. Eh, I know. And if you've got pensions, it could be the same thing. I know it can look absolutely devastating. Please remember that investments are long term, even if you have your money in a stocks and shares ISA. The one thing that I can say to you is firstly, don't panic. We do not know how long this is going to last for. If you are really worried, then you can go and speak to a financial advisor or even speak to your pension fund because your pension fund is not going to be wanting to be in that situation where they've invested in stocks and shares and things have fallen off the rails. They don't want people not to be making money because then the people who are putting their money in those pensions are going to be taking their money out, right? They only make money from investing wisely. So it might be that you can get in contact with your pension fund and change the pot that your pension is in. That's another potential. But again, we're in this for the long term. Admittedly, if you are retiring this year and you are trying to take your money out, then please go get a financial advisor and seek their support. But if you don't need this money for a long period of time, again, investments, really long term. I know some people asking me about the fact that I've said before that I put my uh, my savings in a money box, stocks and shares ISA. That's really where I put my money. I can't advise that you put your money there. I do it because that's of what's interested in, of interest to me, that's where I put my money. Again, you need to do your own research on that. I'm a property investment strategist. I am not a financial advisor. So thank you for those people who've asked about me and are concerned about the fact that my stocks and shares have tanked. The ones in Hargreaves, Land, Hargreaves Lansdowne have tanked, but the stocks and shares that I invest there, I only invest in... Um, shares for companies that I actually use them and interested in. For example, uh, we, since moving to America and moving our pets to America, it costs us an awful lot more in vaccines and all the drugs that our animals need because there's more diseases over here. So what we did, well, we invested in shares for our animals because we're buying from those companies, right? that was kind of the thing behind it. The same as I love Stitch Fix. I get a Stitch Fix box every month. I invested in Stitch Fix shares, which actually wasn't the best idea because they've been dropping for a long time. But anyway, that's how I invest in that side of things. As one of my property investment investment friends says, he says, Natasha, it's like going down to the roulette wheel and just putting it on whatever number. I don't think it's necessarily like that. Um, but again, I'm not an expert. But thank you for the people who got in contact and were worried. I'm not particularly worried because it's not, I don't have a huge amount of money in there. But I watch it openly and I suggest that you watch what's going on. Don't just close your eyes and act like nothing's happened. We've seen it. The price of oil really fell over the last 24 hours at the time of going live. I'm actually um, recording this on the 10th of March. We're a little bit early. So you may now be thinking, okay, well, it's picked back up. 
great if it has. So that's what I've seen there. One of the good things, though, is that probably it looks like the Monetary Policy Committee will be cutting interest rates again um, on the 26th of March by about 0.25%. Fabulous. If that's what happens, fabulous. You know, hold off your mortgage products for a little bit or start renegotiating it a better deal. That works really well. Interest rates can't drop forever. They can't. We are already pretty much at rock bottom rates as it is. But again, use the market to its advantage because if money is cheaper to borrow at the moment, then you may want to fix in for a longer term. Now, let me tell you where I am being severely impacted by coronavirus, which I am very upset by. Very, very, very upset by my serviced accommodation and Airbnb specifically. Um, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here because I am annoyed. Airbnb have now put out a policy that guests can cancel at any time if for whatever reason they are scared of um, getting coronavirus. Which means that if they get in contact with Airbnb and say, hey, I'm cancelling a booking because of coronavirus, Airbnb will refund them everything, even if they've done one of those um, discounted bookings where there's no refunds. That's frustrating because I've had a couple of last minute bookings over the last week or so where 24 hours in advance I've had Airbnb guests cancel and we're also in a situation where there isn't many people booking for the next couple of months either because they're worried and the biggest worry is the fact that there is a lot of chaos and people acting bizarre really there's a lot of scaremongering there's a lot of panic going around that if you travel outside of your country you're definitely going to catch it I had one Airbnb guest say to me today they had been told that if they leave the US then if they came back into the US they would be in quarantine for 14 days I don't know who's told them that but again they said it to Airbnb Airbnb allowed them to cancel the booking. Now, I completely get that we don't want the spread of disease. I'm just saying that you need to be mindful of the fact that guests could cancel, you might be relying on money and it won't come in. And for me as well, this is a double whammy because I don't think I've spoken about this, but Airbnb, you're in my bad books because you still haven't paid me out from January for a number of bookings. <laughs> so that's why I'm stressed about it at the moment. Something went wrong with my uh, booking portal apparently in January. So I didn't get paid out for half the bookings that I had in January, which and then in February, I did a complete refurb of the flat, which means that I had no booking. So I'm now chasing my tail from a month and a half's worth of no income. As much as Airbnb have said that they will pay the money and they've admitted fault, they don't know when the money is coming out because apparently it's held in their system. I have spent a lot of time chasing this money and to date, at the time 
today, it's still not been paid. They do profusely apologize. They keep sending me more and more discount vouchers for next days at Airbnb, but they will not send them money, which is alarming to say the least. And then to be told from them yesterday that, yep, guests were just being allowed to cancel, which means that my income stream over the next couple of weeks is diminishing, which could have all always could have been a risk but I guess I'd not anticipated that it was going to happen so quickly Um, and I quite like I you know from listening to my podcast I do prepare for risk all of the time but I just put all of my money into buying a new flat into doing a redevelopment and so my reserves are at potentially one of the all-time lows I've ever had yeah so this, this is a situation that I'm in. And I'm telling you this because you need to be watchful of what's happening with your guests. Now, I'll be honest, it's only American guests that I've had cancel. All the European guests still seem to be traveling and from further afield as well. I do not blame them if they can't come for any reason their country goes on lockdown or they're quarantined. That's absolutely fine. You, I don't want the spread of disease. I really, honestly, the, there's nothing worse than thinking that I'm accepting that into my flat and that that could then spread disease, which could kill people. I am not advocating that. What I'm saying is that I am frustrated just because that's the situation that I'm in right now. It's annoying because you budget for a certain number of people staying, how much money you've got coming in, how much money you've got going out. And as that money comes in, coming in starts to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Um, I then have to top that up from elsewhere, which I have to keep an eye on. It's also a really good time at the moment to be looking at how much you're renting out your properties on a pound per night basis and thinking, okay, well, what can I do to attract more local people to come and stay at the moment because as far as I'm aware right now there's no travel restrictions on traveling around the UK so if you can be offering staycations to locals that might be another way of doing it I'm also looking at the difference between how much it would cost for me to keep this on Airbnb or actually take it off Airbnb and put it in as a long-term rental The reason that I'm doing this is because I'm frustrated that Airbnb still have my money that they've not paid out. And that for me has left a bit of a bitter taste. I have now put my listing back on um, VRBO. That's an American and Australian mainly uh, portal that that's where that goes out to. So again, I'm not attracting many bookings at the moment because of the fear about traveling. So I'm gonna test that for a little bit longer. But I am at the moment considering all of my options because I know wholeheartedly that I can't just go, oh, yeah, this will be fine in the long term and then don't know how much money is coming into my bank account. So that is number one of how it's affected me. Number two is um, I am a bit worried about whether I can try travel between the US and UK not because again I think the spread of disease it's just purely because of this hysteria about what happens when you leave the country that you are regularly in and really really sadly my grandma is in palliative care so 
that really is just it's awful to think about but within the next couple of weeks I will need to be probably back in the UK and I don't really want to get quarantined either side mainly because well we have animals in this country friends and family in the other country and whilst I'm healthy I want to be able to travel between the two that is of a that is of a concern for me the vets in New York did send a emergency evacuation plan around that they want us to fill in for our animals. So what would happen if we got quarantined and we couldn't get back to get them? So that's something that I'll fill in. So I do understand that this is affecting everybody. It's It really is affecting everybody. The one thing that I don't necessarily think that it's going to affect is if you have got a property where you've got long-term tenants in, your tenants really should stay there. There's there's no reason that why an, a virus epidemic would make them move out. I don't know what the logistics behind that would be. So you can't expect that that would happen. It would probably be that they were to move out because it's the natural course of them moving into a different property anyway. Um, house price drops. Yeah, that's the potential depending on how serious that this goes. So if businesses suffer because people are being quarantined, this may impact jobs. And if people lose their jobs, they'll no longer be able to get the get lending and therefore buyers may need to pull out. That's something that could happen. Now, up until now, the UK property market has actually been quite buoyant. Halifax suggests that house prices rose by 0.3% in February. So that was quite a positive outlook. Whether that's the same right now or with the outs the, with the whatever's going to happen the fallout from coronavirus I don't know this is still a developing situation but again that goes back to my original comments when we go back to Richard Murphy and what he was talking about maybe we do need to see uh, the ability for tenants to be able to stop paying rent if they haven't got a job and then you to be able to stop paying your mortgage so that you can just ride out the storm, know that everything's going to be okay and come back to it afterwards. Might be a really good way of keeping the market stable. So what can you do as a property investor in these trying times? So number one, service accommodation providers, watch the pricing of your units and keep an eye on bookings change the price as is necessary. Number two, if you are looking for a mortgage, make sure you negotiate or get one with a reduced rate. If that's where we're going, might as well take advantage of it and fix in for as long as you possibly can. Number three, watch if you are selling that the buyer still has access to funds. If the buyer is stringing you along, it might be that you start asking the questions about whether they can actually get the mortgage or not. Number four, let's talk about commercial landlords. Your tenants might have problems if their businesses have to close or maybe they're not getting as many trade, as much trade. So maybe consider now what your plan would be so that you could offer tenants a payment plan, for example, if they need it so that you can help them stay on track. You're still getting the rent in to pay the mortgage and you don't lose tenants because the hardest thing as a commercial landlord is getting that vacant unit and then having to turn it around for a new commercial tenant. That takes a long time. That could cost you business rates. It could cost you maintenance. So rather than doing that, 
Start thinking now about what the payment plan that you would accept should be. Number five, you could pick up a cheap deal if a buyer has uh, pulled out on a sale. So the seller might want to sell quickly. You could swoop in there and pick that up, take advantage of the situation. Six, HMO landlords, please make sure there is soap and anti-back in your commercial, in your communal toilets and kitchens. The same with serviced accommodation. Um, I know that my cleaners have absolutely stepped up the cleaning. Although that raises the point as what they were doing before, but maybe it just means that they've got additional um, antibacteria and they're bleaching everything and really, really doing deep cleans in between every single stay. So keep on top of that. Um, make sure that there is soap and antibac. I know that there's a lot of stockpiling. I have seen the memes about British people stockpiling toilet roll. My mom had something very strong to say about that earlier that she thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but do make sure that you've got enough in your property so that you can keep your tenants washing their hands. Now, there is nothing you can personally do if a tenant of yours catches coronavirus. Don't go over there and see them. Um, get them to call 111 and the services there will help them out. Um, and finally... Finally, don't panic. Please don't panic. Investing is long term. So you're going to have to sit on your hands if you can. Stay healthy. Look after yourself in these testing times. Don't put yourself in danger. Wash your hands, as everybody keeps saying. But don't think that this is going to last forever. We're in unknown times. This is an unknown illness. It's not sure how this is how people are going to cope with it long term, how far it's going to spread. It may change with the summer months. Who knows at this moment in time? But if you can hold on in the short term and ride this out and see what's going to happen. Number one, it will make you far more resilient for when the market changes over the years because nothing is ever plain sailing. So things are going to change. And if you can ride the wave and you can um, put in place emergency procedures or batten down the hatches for a little bit of time, or if you can just sit this out and see what the fallout is from it, you'll be far better placed to deal with these types of situations again in the future. Because it is scary dealing with the unknown. That's what investment is all about. There is that element of risk involved. But ultimately, We've got to follow what's going on in the market and make really sound decisions using the information that we've got. So whilst there's all this hysteria, all this panic, we cannot make good decisions. Wait for the panic and hysteria to die down and start looking at what the key resolution is and how the, the markets actually perform over the next three to six months. And that will give us an indication of what's going to happen going forward. So we have it. That's my take on coronavirus. And yeah, I know the Airbnb thing makes me annoyed, but I think that's heightened because I've not been paid. But all I can do is keep an eye on it. And as the situation progresses, I can change it accordingly because it's ultimately in my hands as the investor. And so it's my duty to make sure that I'm watching for what's going on and acting appropriately. And I hope this podcast has given you some ideas of what to do. But please let me leave you with a fi final thought. 
It's all going to be okay, I promise. It's all going to work out. Just make sure that you act calmly, you look to the future, you keep looking at your investment goals and you just look at what's going on and start to maneuver things slowly if you need to, to get to those goals. But don't panic, don't do anything in a rush. Don't do anything that in five years time you'll look back and regret. Just watch, see, If there's anything that's an emergency that needs to happen, then of course, sort it out. But play the long game. That is what being an investor is. So I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. If you have, please make sure that you like, you subscribe and you leave me a five star review because that is so helpful for me getting this further out there so that more people can listen. Thank you for listening this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.